Welcome everyone to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 8 from Part 1 of Secret Believers, What Happens When Muslims Believe in Christ, by Brother Andrew and Al Jansen. Chapter 8, One Week Later. Two men in suits stood at the door of the apartment. We are looking for Boutros. That would be me, Boutros said. He allowed the men to enter, and Nadira went to the master bedroom to nurse the baby, who now was nearly one year old. As Boutros observed the men, he concluded immediately that they were with the Mukhbarant, the country's secret police. They looked intently at the contents of the tiny little the tiny living room, as though trying to memorize every detail. We have a few questions we need to ask you. By all means, please, come into my office. May I get you some coffee or tea? They were not interested in hospitality, but quickly entered his study, shut the door, and indicated Boutros should sit. The one who had spoken, wearing a blue shirt, said, We need to understand what you are doing in this country. I don't understand, Boutros answers answered. This is my country. I was born here. I am a loyal citizen. We're here for your protection, the other man, who was wearing a white shirt, added. Neither had identified himself by name. I'm afraid I don't understand, Brutro said cautiously. Am I in some kind of danger? The men didn't answer, but Blue Shirt said, You'd better tell us what it is that you do. His senses on full alert, Brutro silently prayed, Lord, protect me, give me the right words. I work with churches, but you probably already know that. The men gave no reaction. I help pastors to be more effective in their work. What are these materials? Blue Shirt said, picking up a stack of booklets Boutros had received from the Bible Forum, a group of organizations that distributed the Bibles and other resources in many countries. Bibles and teaching materials. For churches? Yes, for churches. So that they can be more effective in teaching their congregations about the Christian faith. The man with the white shirt pulled out a notebook and made a few notes. He looked at Boutros and said, You make a lot of money selling these materials. Boutros shrugged his shoulders. No, not really. I give most of them away. Blue Shirt put his hand on a Rolodex on Boutros' desk, turned it, and began to thumb through the cards. Boutros stiffened, then reminded himself that there were no names there that would cause any suspicions. Still, he didn't like this. So how do you fund your work? asked White Shirt. How do you make enough to pay for your conferences and your travels? I have various sources of funding. From where? Several churches provide contributions. Al-Waha Church? That is one of the churches, yes. Does any money come from Europe or America? A little. Blue Shirt closed the Rolodex and returned it to its original position. You haven't registered as an official NGO? He was talking about a non-government organization, non-governmental organization. 
Not yet. I plan to start the process soon. You know, you need to be an NGO to receive foreign funds. I am aware that is required if you have over a certain amount of income from foreign s sources. Boutros knew that he was pushing the limits of what was allowed without registering as an NGO, but he was also concerned about the government oversight that registering would attract, and he wanted to avoid it as long as possible. White Shirt changed tactics and said, So, who is this foreigner with white hair who visited you? He is known as Brother Andrew. He's a monk? No, that's just the name by which he is known internationally. He's from where? Boutros resisted laughing, because they certainly knew where he was from. Holland. Why did he come? He came at my invitation. He spoke at several churches and at the pastor's conference. Do you work with Muslims? This was a sudden switch. He would have to be careful. No, sir. We've heard reports that you are proselytizing Muslims. We will not tolerate that. No, I do not proselytize. Have you baptized any Muslims? Asked Blue Shirt. No, sir. I would never do that. I only baptize Christians. No one spoke for a moment. White Shirt put his notebook away and looked at Butros. You seem like a decent man. You would. You were educated in England, right? Butros assumed they knew all about his education. Yes, sir. So why don't you leave this country and go back to England? It's safer there. The words were an implied threat. Boutros was upset with the implication that he didn't belong here. Why should I leave? This is my country, too. This is where God has placed me, placed us. It is his will that we should live here and work here. And that is our intention. As long as God allows us, we will live and work here. The two men headed to the living room. As they exited the apartment, White Shirt turned and looked at Boutros. You should think about what I said. If you really love your family, your wife, and your son, leave while you can. One week later, there were three men living in the tiny apartment. It consisted of two small rooms and a closet-sized bath. In one room, the men slept on the floor on thin mattresses that they rolled up during the day. In the other room, there were cushions against the wall and a small coffee table. On one side were a sink, refrigerator, and stove. Boutros entered the apartment bearing food his wife had prepared along with a stack of kubas, the local flatbread he'd picked up at the bakery around the corner, and bottles of soda he'd bought at the shop next door to the bakery. He spread his wife's pa packages on the small table. There was a plastic dish filled with hummus and another of baba nungji, a tasty mash of eggplant mixed with tomato and onion. In addition, there were appetizers of mashi wokwa aneb, grape leaves stuffed with minced meat and fatigure 
small pastries filled with cheese or spinach. The smells drew the men like bees to a sweet to a sweet flower. Mustafa said, Bismillah, in the name of God, and grabbed a circle of kibbutz, tore off a piece, and started to dip it into the Hamas when Boutros interrupted. Just a minute. Mustafa looked up, not sure what he'd done wrong. Before we eat, we give thanks to our Heavenly Father for providing our daily food, so let's take a minute and pray together. After saying grace, Ahmed, Mustafa, and Hassan sat on the floor by the table and ate eagerly. For a while, after their disagreement in the coffee shop, they, there would, had been a strain between Ahmed and Boutros. Even after they had made peace, they had a couple more clashes. Clearly, Ahmed was a bright man, full of ideas, eager to find his way in society and in his new faith. Boutros understood the young man's struggle and was patient, praying for him, encouraging him, occasionally providing a little material aid, since Ahmed had not found a viable way to earn a consistent living. Boutros recognized that Ahmed had a gift for communication. After the meeting in Pastor Yusuf's office, Mustafa had accepted the invitation to live with Ahmed, and the two had many long talks. Finally, Mustafa had an outlet for his questions, and Ahmed had been stimulated intellectually and spiritually by the discussions. The change in the radical fundamentalists was gradual but dramatic. One day he blurted out to Ahmed, I can't believe the love I feel for all people. I want to kiss them all. He had traveled home to his family and gone up to his mother, kissed her, and told her he loved her. She'd been astonished because he'd previously considered her an unbeliever. She asked why he now loved her. Because I know now a because I now know a God who loves. He lives in my heart, and I know him through Isa. She'd warned him not to tell anyone else in the family because he would surely be taken to the hospital and treated for mental illness. I'm not crazy, Mustafa had protested to his mother. I've read the Injil. Jesus shows us what God is like, and he has brought me into peace with God. Hassan, clearly relishing the meal, looked up at Boutros, who was sitting against the wall. Why don't you eat with us? This is wonderful food, he said, then tipped his head back for a long drink of cola. This is what I eat all the time, Boutros said with a smile. As you can plainly see, I'm gaining some weight around the middle. It's not Ramadan. You don't need to fast, Hassan joked as he popped a fatir in his mouth. Hassan had moved into the apartment a few weeks later, or a few weeks after Mustafa. Boutros had met him shortly afterward, and Hassan spilled out the story of Hamid's challenge to read the Quran during Ramadan. I asked God to reveal himself to me as he did, as he had to Hamid. I made a deal with him. If he didn't reveal himself to me, I would decide to abandon him. 
You mean Islam? Boutros had asked. Islam, Christianity, religion, all of it. I didn't want to play games. As I read the Quran, I felt nothing touched me personally. It was just a book of rules. It showed me a way. But when I read the Bible, it was the opposite experience. Jesus doesn't show me a way. He shows me the way. He is Surata Mustaquim, the straight road. I saw that the Bible is a living book because the author who wrote it is living. And I felt God speaking to me through this book. The love of God touched me in a very personal way. As a result, I left Islam completely for a four-month period. And then my sister gave birth to a baby girl. Two days after her birth, the baby had a heart attack. The doctors advised my sister to take the baby home because she would die very soon. Immediately, I thought of Jesus, the healer, and I began to pray, Issa, when you were on earth, you used to heal people. Now I ask you to heal this sick baby. Immediately, the baby opened her eyes, and she had this beautiful smile. After that, she closed her eyes and slept. My sister thought the baby had died, but God had healed her. She completely, She's completely healthy now, and the doctors can't believe it. That's why I came here to find Amid and to tell him the great news. I've been overwhelmed by the love of Jesus. I'm a new person, a new creature. Boutros looked at the three men, astounded at what God had done in their lives, and more than a little concerned about the responsibility he felt not to leave them as orphans, to help them grow and mature and become healthy believers. He hardly knew where to start. All of the food was gone, except for some of the bread, which would be saved for the next morning's breakfast. We have some important things to discuss, Boutros said as he removed the Bible from his satchel. Hassan took a long swig of soda, then asked Boutros, Sir, can you tell us what a real follower of Christ looks like? I want to be the best Christian possible. We all want that. How do we do that? That's a good question, Hassan, Boutros answered. I've been thinking about how you can use your time more productively, and your question is a good lead into that. Let me ask if any of you have memorized the Quran. Mustafa raised his hand. Hassan said, Hamid and I memorized much of it as boys. The Bible is a very different book than the Quran. Boutros said, it is actually a collection of 66 different books written by many authors over 1,500 years in three different languages. It consists of poetry, history, wisdom, and more. Like the Quran, it has rules, sh sharia, but it is much more than that. As Hassan had dis has discovered, everything in the Bible points to the one who claims to be the way, the truth, and the life. Muslims believe the Quran can only be truly understood in Arabic, the original language, but the Bible is a living document. It has been translated into many languages so people can read in their own language, languages what God has said or has to say to them. As long as the translations convey the spirit of the message, which is close to the original text, 
then God's Spirit speaks to us through it. The Bible is much longer than the Quran, so few people are able to memorize all of it. However, I believe it is valuable to memorize portions. The scriptures say that a man is blessed if he delight if his delight is in the word of God and if he meditates on it day and night. So I would like to propose a passage for you to memorize. Boutros had the men turn in their Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. After reading the first 18 verses, he said, Hassan, this passage talks about the attitude we are to have as followers of Christ. This attitude is very different from the culture where we live. The writer of this letter urges us to think and act like Jesus. Now let me ask you what Jesus had before he left heaven and became a man. The three young men studied the passage. Then Hamid, who seemed to come alive when studying the scriptures, spoke. He had everything. He had all wealth, all power, all glory. He was honored, worshipped, praised. And what did he give up to come live among us? Everything, said Hassan. Except his position, he was still God, said Hamid. But he gave up all his honor as God, all his power and glory. He surrendered them to become human. Boutros was impressed with how quickly his students grasped the truth they read in scripture. Mustafa asked quietly, It says here he was obedient to death, even death on the cross. I was wondering, the Gospels say that they took his clothes. Does that mean he was naked? It does. Mustafa's eyes became moist as he said, Can there be any greater shame than God, naked before the world, enduring a public execution? The words hung in the air for a moment. Arab culture was based on shame and honor, and so it was inconceivable to most Arab minds that God would allow himself to be so humiliated. Finally, Boutros broke the silence. Does this have anything to say to us today? As Arabs? As those who have come out of Islam? Hamid answered solemnly, This is very different from the attitude of men in our culture. What do you mean? We're proud to be Arabs. We are obsessed with honor. Yet God gave up his honor by surrendering his glory to become a human being. And when he should have been honored as a king. He was betrayed, beaten, spit on, insulted, killed. I wonder, does that mean we are supposed to be shamed by our family, by our culture for Christ? The implications of that thought hung in the room. Finally, Boutro said, I suggest you memorize this passage and think about it as you go to sleep at night, as you wake up in the morning, as you're sitting around the apartment or walking on the streets. We'll talk more about this in a few days. Now I have a proposition to discuss with you. Boutros opened a box that he had brought with him. He had set it on the floor while the men were eating. He pulled out three small books and gave them to the men. This is a study that I want you to do on the Gospel of John. I received them from the Bible Forum. That's a group of organizations that publishes and distributes Bibles and study materials. They have suggested that 
I open a stationery store and bookshop here in the city, and I would like for the three of you to help me run this shop. Simultaneously, the three men looked up in surprise. I've been thinking and praying about your situation, Boutros continued. It turns out maybe God wants to meet your need and my need together. The Bible form feels it is time to open a shop in our country. They have offered to pay the rent on a small retail shop. Amid, there is an excellent space near the one that you looked at. The Bible form will provide the inventory. They will also purchase a photocopy machine, so we will be able to provide a copy service as well. I will move my office there right now. My son, Thomas, is sleeping with my wife and me. My wife has told me it is time to convert my study into a room for him. My proposal is this, Hassan. You are still in school. You are welcome to work with us when you, you have time. Mustafa and Amid, I would like to ask if you would run the shop and distribute Bibles and other Christian materials like this study to churches in the city. At the end of their time together, Hamid walked downstairs with Boutros. I want to thank you, he said sheepishly. I know sometimes I get a little excited. I accept your apology, Boutros said with a smile. Actually, you have good ideas, but they aren't all practical, or sometimes they take time. I called my friends at the Bible Forum and told them about your idea for a print shop. They said that someday... They may need a printing press here, but right now, because of my work with churches, they feel the time has come to have an office and warehouse to distribute materials. At the street, Boutros turned and added, So you see, God used you. Maybe it's not what you envisioned, but God honored your idea, and this is the result. Hamid burst into a smile. Boutros gave the young man a hug, and before he Walked away, added, Hamid, God has big plans for you. Next time, Chapter 9, Three Months Later.